0: Hey, Lions fans, Michael Gray once again for the Detroit Lions podcast here with the after draft or the drafter math or the, I don't know, post-2023 draft questions and or answers. What did we learn this year from Brad Holmes and our Detroit Lions? Let's get into it. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for the show where kool-aid runs blue faces turn red and rose-colored glasses never go out of style this is the detroit lions podcast before i get started make sure you subscribe to the channel uh click all the buttons the 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 likes and the comments and the subscribes the follows all of the social media-ness uh please do that that's how we get to do what we do, like this thing here, as I'm trying to figure out just exactly what it is we learned from Brad Holmes and the Detroit Lions in regards how they view building a team. The one thing we can all agree on after taking a running back and an off-ball linebacker, which I was told by literally everyone with a mouth is impossible to do in the modern era of football, uh, they went ahead and did that. And they seem to send everybody into the spin cycle with it. People were beside themselves, absolutely clutching pearls at what a disastrous decision it was, only to have them come around after the second round and be like, hmm, I guess it's not so bad. Look at the five guys. Look at what they did. It's not so bad. I have not seen that kind of whiplash from draft media before. And it occurs to me that maybe it's us, you, me, and especially the draft nerds that have to start rethinking how we process the information about these players. Because obviously there's a disconnect between what the NFL does with the people that get paid to do this stuff and what the people who get paid to follow the people getting paid to do the stuff think. And so let's drill down on some numbers that should make everybody feel a little bit better. First bit of numerology is pointed right at my friends at PFF. And I say friends... Facetiously, I don't actually know anybody at Pro Football Focus. I'm sure they work very hard. They've got a lot of analytics flying around. They're doing the things. I'm working hard. Uh, I get it. And uh, in this case, I think they're out of their damn minds because they were the first ones to jump on the Lions for taking Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell. And yet, if you look at Pro Football Focus's numbers, the Lions were the only team with five players from their top 50 rankings. PFF's top 50. There was one team with five players. It was Detroit. They were the only ones that did it. Take it further. There were two players in pro football Focus's. It's hard to say fast. In their missed forced tackle category. That's a stat that they keep. You know who the number one and two players in the missed forced tackle? tackle category were in order sam laporta and jameer gibbs so they got premier players all up and down the first second and third rounds, and it seemed like everybody kind of started to slow down a little bit on the consternation about when these guys were picked i saw plenty of draft analysts tell me with a straight face that if the numbers next to the names were just shuffled around a bit that this would be a great thing for the team. They're the exact same guys. The exact same players taken at different locations really seem to upset the draft nerds. Brad Holmes did not, does not, will not give a damn about their numbers. Hmm. We also need to talk about draft media and how they get married to their philosophies. I actually read a review of the Lions draft class where someone... Said with a straight face and in all seriousness on a website that they run themselves that Jack Campbell and Jameer Gibbs's performance on the field is of no consequence to the evaluation. That means that getting good players, even if they play great, doesn't matter in terms of what you should do in the draft. I can't even say it with a straight face, it's hard to take seriously. If you draft a great player and then they play great, I don't give a damn if they came from the seventh round or the first round or the 71st round. It doesn't matter. The Lions have had an absolute need for talent for time immemorial. All teams do. You get better by getting better players. You get better by getting depth with better players. And the Lions did that. They stacked up the guys they like, and this is the part where I think the draft media has to come around a little bit. There are a lot of formulas and a lot of basics and a lot of things that even myself, I'm guilty of just accepting as fact. You don't take an off-ball linebacker in the first round. I've heard it so many times, I just assume, well, yeah, okay, fine. All right, but what if you draft Lawrence Taylor? What if you draft Brian Urlacher and punk him in the middle of your defense for 10 years? Then all of a sudden, it doesn't matter where he was drafted. It matters that he was drafted. And I'm pretty sure if you're real, real quiet, you can hear the Carolina Panthers still scoring touchdowns in the run game right now in that game they played last year. They needed all kinds of help with that run defense. They've needed help in the linebacker room for some time. And I've read so many analysts going on and on about Alex Anzalone signing a contract. So how could you take another linebacker? I <laughs> I'm not an expert, and I've never coached in the National Football League, but I'm relatively certain that there are more than one linebacker. Positionally, schematically, and on the field, there's more than one. You need more than one. And the deficiencies in the linebacker room by the end of the year were being exposed on a real regular basis. So the Lions took a guy that they like, and this is where it stops for them. It's not where it stops for the draft media. The draft media needs to like a guy. Then they need to go through their cue the SpongeBob font positional value, and then they figure out whether or not it's smart to have him on your team. How ass backward is that? Get good players, vet play good, draft those guys, put them on the field, win lots of football games. Three. Another thing we learned, and we should have already known this because he's made it pretty clear. Brett Holmes pretty good about telling you just exactly what he's going to do and where he's at. He doesn't move scared. He doesn't do business scared. Scared money don't make money. Uh, a, it's a cliche, but it's absolutely true. He went in there, moved all around the draft, traded up, traded back, traded players, and did all of that to follow through on exactly what he told us he was going to do in the first place. He told us he was going to go get a quarterback, that he needed competition and depth in that room, and he got it. He told us that he wasn't afraid to double down on his strength. He completely remade the running back room. You go one through three. You had Jamal. You had DeAndre Swift. You had Craig Reynolds. And now you have David Montgomery. You have Jameer Gibbs and a sneaky good UDFA pickup in Muhammad Ibrahim. If that kid's healthy, that's your RB3. One through three, he improved All of those positions. And then threw some depth on the O-line to boot. Fearless. Knew exactly what he was going to do. Told us he was going to do it. And followed through on it. Moving all over the draft. Trading picks. Trading players. Whatever it took to get the guys that he knew he needed and that he believes make this team better. The guy has zero fear. None. Four. We also need to finally wrap our heads around the fact as Lions fans, this is going to be hard. It's hard for me. It's not the Super Bowl anymore. The draft is where you get guys that further improve your team, and that's it because the team is solid because it's built on solid foundations. It's where it needs to be, and so you make it better by getting better players. You add pieces that help you advance offensively, defensively, special teams, whatever it is. And you defeat regression with depth because that's the great fear, right? The thing, the PTSD, the abusive relationship that is being a Lions fan, let's be honest, it is you defeat all of the regression possibilities. Every every little nagging voice in your head about whether or not they can maintain, are they gonna trip on their shoes when they come out of the gate? Are their heads gonna be focused where they need to be? What does it all mean? You defeat that with depth, and so you go and you get deeper everywhere. Brad Holmes just drafted someone for every level of the offense, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, running back, quarterback. He got them all. He also added a piece to all three levels of the defense, and the defense was the major focus of free agency. So you throw in a defensive lineman, a linebacker, and a new member of the secondary to go with all of the members of the secondary that you signed with in free agency to go with bugs and Kaminsky that you signed along the defensive line to go with Anzalone coming back in the middle. You've added depth at all three levels there. Defeat regression with quality depth. He went after it and that's how good teams operate. This is no longer the biggest event of the year. It's ironic because next year it's at Ford field. And finally, for the uh, folks out there that think somehow Brad Holmes not doing what they thought he should do makes this a boom or bust draft. It's a really clever fallback for people with no imagination. Fact of the matter is all drafts are boom or bust. They all are. If the players you pick suck, it won't matter in a couple of years where you picked them. You'll be out of a job because the team will suffer for you drafting the wrong guys. Thus far, Brad Holmes has gotten better in the draft from year one to year two. He looks like he's got absolutely amazingly rated players in year three by all measures, by the way. Even PFF that spends so much time criticizing him. You got five of the top 50 there. Next gen stats will tell you that this was the best top five draft class since 2003. It's the first time in 20 years that a team has picked five straight guys that all had a next-gen rating of 80 or higher. That's two decades since a team has done that. He's improved the quality of the roster. He's added playmaking ability on both sides of the ball. And most importantly, we've all learned that he doesn't give a damn about your mock draft. And given the way mine looked, he probably shouldn't. Thanks for taking the time. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, questions, comments. uh, Throw them down below in the section. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at TheMichaelGray, that's G-R-E-Y, and I'll talk to you then. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go, go. baby. Lines on three. One, two, three. You've had enough of that shit.